Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Sacred Sister Podcast, where we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane. In this podcast, we open up dialogue on metaphysical subjects, self-healing tools, expanding consciousness, and deepening awareness. We're here to support you in co-creating a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. If you're brand new here, welcome and hello. We're so excited to have you here. If you want to know more what has come before, season one is great for foundation of spiritual practices. Season two is focusing on relationships. Season three is featuring conscious entrepreneurs who are spearheading their sacred mission. And now we are in season four, where we're bringing fresh perspective to outdated systems and creating sustainable foundations for the new earth that's birthing. Since it's the season of the emperor, we're going to be mostly focusing on male voices this season. And the lineup of the season is fire. So make sure to subscribe if you're not already. I'm your host, Britt, certified self-inquiry and alignment-based smart flow yoga instructor, self-healing song channel, and personal transformation coach, guiding women to gain radical self-awareness in order to reconnect with their most expressive and vibrant self. And I'm your host, Hannah, a certified astrologer, ordained priestess, and rebirth coach. And I help women integrate past life and ancestral traumas to give birth to their higher self and manifest their wildest dreams into reality. We're really grateful that you're here. And together, we're here to serve as your sacred sister. Let's dive in. Hello, sacred beings. Welcome to another episode of Sacred Sister Podcast. Do you feel the shift that's rolling through the collective? Whether you feel to be riding on the wave with ease or resisting change every step of the way, we hope that this episode inspires you with a space of calm, empowered awareness at what the next best step in your own life looks like. Know that you're not alone in this shift. I don't know whoever needs to hear this, but as I was writing my little script for this right now, I just wanted to imbibe that insight into you. Know that you are not alone in this shift. This episode is smoldering with deep Sagittarius and Aquarian energy. The fire of Sagittarius and the air of Aquarius combining into what I perceive is a absolute firestorm that we hope will warm and soothe and inspire your hearts. So much is moving so quickly in our collective right now, and it is imperative that we really be leaning on each other and reaching out to one another. So even though this is coming at your ears through the ethers, know that we, in publishing these podcast episodes every two weeks, we are here for you. This is an act of service for us, and we want you to know that you're not alone in this time. We know that, especially with the um, isolation protocols set in place, that we can feel very isolated during this time. So it is especially imperative that we break through that paradigm of perceived isolation and remember that community is only as far as perceived and that we can always embolden the ability within ourselves to reach out 
and to get in contact and to get in touch and to come into community, whether that's virtually or in person. So let's get into the episode now. Today's guest is Erin Freed. Aaron Freed has a master's in mathematics and a bachelor's in physics. He's a spiritual guide, devoted mentor, lover of truth with a capital T, which is so funny because that's how I've been writing truth for years. Hello, Sagittarius moon meets Sagittarius sun. (laughs) Uh, He's a writer and teacher who advocates for elevating consciousness on earth and is currently based in sunny Jupiter, Florida. Aaron is a guide for truth seekers, great guides, and change makers alike through his signature SAGE 5D mentorship, which SAGE stands for Spirit, Astrology, Guidance, and Enheartenment. He focuses on supporting sincere souls to deeply activate their power of consciousness and inner sight and free themselves of what is in the way of realizing their potential and having the direct revelation of God, which shines through being who they authentically are. In this episode, we discuss choosing sovereignty as government systems attempt to encroach on our choices. We discuss Aquarian age medicine in the realm of autonomy. Aaron shares with us his findings on meta-archetypes, a system that he has developed in approaching astrology. We also talk about astrological guidance in our encountered rites of passage, astrology wisdom for parents and partners, shining light on the virtues and shadows of the signs. We talk about beholding the cosmos within and just how like not heady and super real that is and how astrology informs the essence of intimacy. So heading into Aaron's human design piece, I have been doing this now in season four as human design has been a really pivotal self-knowledge system that I've integrated into my own spiritual practice. So in this little segment, I love looking at the human design type of the guest and the incarnation cross. So Aaron is a manifesting generator. Many gens make up about 32% of the population. Both Hannah and I are many gens as well. And the essence of true spirituality for a manifesting generator is to trust that life itself has a plan for you and that it will unfold in its own natural timing as something that you are uniquely equipped to respond to. So these are the people with staying power. The sacral center in their body is the key to their pure power. It creates the vital life force energy required for action, for living life, for doing, for creating. It is also the center of our sexuality and thus ensures the continuation of our kind. So let's move on to the Incarnation Cross. I love thinking of the Incarnation Cross within the human design map as the cross that we're here to bear, like the the, the work that we're here to do and the lessons that we're here to learn over and over and over. It is its own spiralic healing process and through really leaning into this process, we're able to literally bless the world because universe is coming through us in our own unique expression. So no matter how many people have this similar incarnation cross, it's going to look different from person to person because we are unique individuals and universe is shining through us in its own unique embodiment through our spirit. Aaron's incarnation cross, it's found in the quarter of civilization where purpose is fulfilled through form. Located in Gate 20's theme of contemplation, hello Sagittarius Sun, (laughs) Aaron bears the left angle cross of duality. So 
what the energy of this incarnation cross can look like is people who impress others with and find fulfillment in their busyness and industry. Aaron is here to be that mutative force in the tribe. So the individual aspects that Aaron introduces may be attractive for his community to adapt into their practice. Like, hello, how beautiful that he has this business where he's doing these readings for people and literally helping them activate their inner sage. This incarnation cross specifically has an aspect to it that not all individual changes are adaptive for two reasons. So Aaron is likely experiencing both of these in leaning into this incarnation cross. So one, he may wish to keep some of the things as his own and choose not to share them. And two, the group or community that he is sharing them with may not see the value in the new ways and he may experience rejection from it. So there's this dance of how he's going to work with this in his life, continually bringing pieces of change to the group or community and seeing whether it's adopted or not. Aaron has kindly offered the Sacred Sister audience a 25% discount when you book a Sage support session with him. You can visit his website at theskymystic.com and the link and information for this offering you can find in the description section of this episode. If you'd like to intake more deep insights and dialogue after this episode is done, head on over to our Patreon page and search for Sacred Sister Podcast. For $5 a month, Hannah and I have recorded additional commentary video after each episode is recorded. It's been so much fun and such a delightful addition to season four. This is a space that we've created to grow our supportive community, and we welcome you to join us there. Let's go ahead and head into Hannah's astrology segment where she's going to do a mini inner blueprint reading on Aaron and head into the episode. Enjoy. Hi, sacred being. This is your host, Hannah, and we are here in the inner blueprint section. We're going to look into the astrology chart of Aaron. And so I really love these segments here on Sacred Sister Podcast because within just five minutes we're taking a quick look into our guests in a blueprint and it really helps to see some of those major archetypes and then during the interview you can look and maybe recognize them within Aaron and how he expresses them. So Aaron is a Sagittarius sun with his son being conjunct Saturn in the seventh house. Sagittarius is the archetype of the explorer, the teacher and visionary. Sagittarius is a mutable fire sign and it's all about expanding one's horizon and really asking the meaningful questions in life. Why are we here? Who are we? What is our purpose? And with Aaron's son being conjunct Saturn, he takes that very seriously. And that is part of his business. This is how he helps others, how he supports others. Being in his seventh house, this is how he takes care of others and is a cheerleader for other people's divine design. Aaron's moon is right on the cusp between Virgo and Libra right in the cusp also between the 5th and the 6th house. So here we have the archetype of Virgo, which is the sage, organizer, and helper. Virgo is a mutable earth sign, and 
with the moon in Virgo, it's really important for Aaron to feel that he can be of service to others, that he feels efficient and productive, and he feels that what he does does improve other people's lives in some way or another, and his own life as well. He is obsessed with self-improvement. <laughs> also with the moon in Virgo, it really helps him to have certain routines because that's his grounding rhythm. He has a great eye for detail, he's analytical, and it's easy for him to understand complex structures because he is not afraid to research and learn. And with his Mercury in Scorpio, he's not afraid to dive deep. <laughs> with the moon being right on the cusp between Virgo and Libra, it's really important for Aaron to feel that there's peace and harmony within the people that he surrounds himself with. And he does everything that he can to create that peace and harmony by offering his services. His rising sign is in Taurus, and Taurus is a fixed earth sign. It is very grounding. Taurus is the archetype of the cultivator, collector, and the guy next door. So really keeping it simple, keeping it down to earth, and really enjoying life on that physical level as well, the sensual level. With his charge ruler, Venus, being in Scorpio in the sixth house, and his Venus is actually also conjunct Pluto, he really likes to go deep and have intense conversations, really establish those deep soul connections. He's able to look deeply into one's soul and correlate that to the system, to astrology, but in a very grounded and down-to-earth manner, which helps others feel comfortable around him. So this is it from Erin, and if this is something that sounds interesting to you and you want to get to know yourself on a deeper level, you can book your own inner blueprint on my website hannahchristensen.com and you can use the code SACREDSYS for a special discount. And also, if you haven't already, I suggest following us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at sacredsisterpodcast. And we have amazing quotes, video grabs, audio grabs of our guests from all kinds of episodes. It's a lot of fun over there and we can connect on a deeper level as well. So yeah, check us out on Instagram. And so without further ado, we're going to tune into Aaron's meditation now and then go right into the interview. So take a deep breath in, relax and enjoy. sister a kindred flame may we light one another from the ashes rise oh we rise Welcome, everybody. So happy to have you here with us. Let's get started with a brief grounding meditation, just to anchor in the space. 
grateful to be here together, calling in the energy of sacred father, son, sacred mother, moon. Divine Heavenly Father, Glorious Divine Mother, thank you for having us here together in this sacred space of exploration and discovery. So let's all just take some moments to come into stillness, bask in silence, leave all distractions aside. Find a comfortable place to sit, if you haven't already. And come into a relaxed sitting posture. Gradually experiencing an inner feeling of stillness. Allow that to wash over you. Notice the space around you and become aware of this magical moment in time. So much cosmic energy has been swirling and transmuting. It's like we've been blasted off into a new celestial realm. And let's just anchor that back down into the body, sensing your body from head to toe. In the words of a great mystic, Saint Antoine de Expiry, it is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. So today we're going to see if we can activate that mystic eye of perception so that we can see with lucid awareness, not only ourselves, but the universe. Of course, we're gonna be working with the astrological system a bit or discussing it. And your birth date is the first drumbeat of a fantastic ceremonial dance of life according to an Algonquin proverb. So happy to have you with us for all who are tuning in. Thank you for being here. My name is Aaron Freed. Thank these lovely ladies for inviting me on the Sacred Sister podcast. Woo, woo. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, easeful flow out of that guided meditation. Thank you so much, Aaron. (laughs) You're welcome. That's a very Sagittarian maneuver to bring it into a party. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And to just introduce yourself (laughs) to bring us out in such a beautiful way. Hello, Aaron. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for coming to Sacred Sister Podcast. Hello, Brittany. Lovely to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Hello, Hannah. So beautiful to be with you. Truly wonderful to be with two sacred sisters. I love the double interview. It's awesome. 
And it's fun too because we were actually able to have a little bit of time to reconnect or to connect first because we haven't met each other yet. And so we right. had some 40 minutes until our Mercury retrograde chart ruler uh, other <laughs> co-host Brett <laughs> joins the interview. <laughs> it's all in divine timing. Mercury retrograde. Mercury's the planetary ruler of Britney's Gemini sun. So it's totally to be expected that uh, a Gemini would be extra affected by a Mercury retrograde. So we hold even that sacred and, and love and adore the surprises of the universe. And the reason why she's late is also so Aquarius. Do you want to share, Britt? <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I was thinking like, man, how am I going to integrate this? Because obviously I want to talk more about it, but um, I was just having a conversation with my husband, Curtis, and my roommate, Farron, and we were talking about the state of the world and the um, onslaught of systematic forces that are coming in and really formulating the world that is being created that is moving forward. And mm -hmm. it's just really, um, it's really like valuable for me to be opening up with other people because all of us are experiencing this shift that's going on, but different people are at different levels of awareness and where information is being sourced from and different levels of trigger around the entire thing. And for my own piece, and I would love to know what y'all's perspective is on, you know, all of this is just that this pushback, this um, control that we're feeling ever more encroaching on our personal freedoms um, in terms of potentially this vaccine being mandated and potentially it interfering with our ability to internationally travel and um, lots of other ways. What it's helping me get back to within myself is tapping into my own essence at the deepest level as often as I'm able to harness the unique expression that I'm here to serve the world with so that I can create the life that is able to sidestep or step out of or, you know, tap out of as much as I'm able to have a life that is more closely integrated with nature and that is, you know, just, um, just feeling more uh, sovereign, feeling more autonomous, feeling more ability to choose what my own life is to look like. Mm. How do y'all feel about it? <laughs> mm. I think it's so important that we talk about this and I feel like this is going to be the main, one of the main focuses on this episode since we have um, five planets right now in Aquarius and we just recently had Aquarius new moon as we were recording and we are in the age of Aquarius so there's a lot of that sort of Aquarius energy and to see since the whole emperor season is about creating these new foundations for the new earth that is birthing realizing okay what's the timeline that we're tuning into I feel like that is that is really that Aquarius energy that is asking us okay I love that you were saying this over the autonomy the, the personal liberty and because that is so Aquarius to be mm -hmm. able to be free and to be individual within yourself 
and to dance to the beat of your own drum and you know to step out of the matrix and do your own thing and that's I feel like as much as it's hard to move through this time right now and in some aspects it's also like that's kind of the trigger that we need to really dive into that Aquarius energy Mm -hmm. or what do you feel Erin? Well I love that you bring that up Hannah about going to the beat of our own drum because I was just tuning into my dad who's no longer in this plane of reality was an Aquarius and he used to say you know his wisdom that he really imparted to me was go to the beat of your own drum Mm -hmm. it was it's and when I tune into the wisdom of Aquarius it's that it's going against the grain of societal norms and expectations and what we've seen in the last year when we had I think it was March 18th I had been tracking that date for five years I had been talking about it saying you know something really big is going to happen because at that time we had a convergence of Pluto Saturn Jupiter Mars and the moon activated all of that half of the planets in the sky or the astrological system all in Capricorn and so we've seen a year of the control system has revealed itself to us and since December I want to say it was 19th if I remember correctly we had the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that was like a, a major societal reset for all of us. And the last time we had that convergence was 20 years prior, Y2K. And so it's really a major social reset that is this Aquarian wisdom of step out of the control sh- structures that have confined us Mm -hmm. and within that there's a a resurgence an awakening a liberation as you alluded to hannah so i think that's how i would describe it is like we're seeing a mass awakening right now and it's definitely in divine timing you know since last year when we had that great convergence you know and even astrology as a system. Hannah, you know this, go back two years ago and it was weird to be an astrologer. Mm -hmm. But in the last year, society at a mass level has awakened to astrology is not crazy. You're onto something. Mm -hmm. And so for the first time, like wherever I go, I can talk about this and most people get it now. That's huge. Big difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, that has been, you know, not even a year. Mm-hmm. And so it's really blessed that like we, we're awakening to this universal order, you know, that guides all our lives. Yeah, I feel like, uh, thank you for all of that, that you just added. I feel like if anything, it is getting us to question more, which is another namesake of Aquarian energy. It's like, don't just take what's uh, given to you, like really question it and gather information around it and see where it lands inside of yourself and figure out if it's one of the pieces of grain of salt that you're going to allow to fall by the wayside, or if you're really going to intake it, 
and, you know, let it be a powerful force in your life. I love that you were mentioning about the Aquarian aspects of your father. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your dad's name? Alan. Alan oh. Freed. He was a Capricorn rising mm-hmm. and his business was called Alan's Empire Capricorn. <laughs> Classic auto parts. It had to be an empire for yeah. the Capricorn rising. Beautiful. Of course. That's beautiful. My dad was double Aquarius. He was Aries. Oh, get out. Yeah. Aries sun, Aquarius moon and rising. And I, now my father passed away in September of last year. Yeah. And just reflecting on his big, like entrepreneurial energy that so was the king of dancing to the beat of his own drum as Aries son to just like really passionately being who he was in his family dynamic. Like everyone was just magnetized to him. Mm -hmm. My dad was like one of the big, you know, we're from such a small town and, uh, his energy was just so big. And my North node is at zero degrees in Aquarius. And I think of him when I'm really trying to tap into that soul's mission and that ability to dance to the beat of my own drum and let myself do weird things and be weird. It's such a beautiful string that we're able to look to people that we have in close circles that we're not just intaking things that we read online that are like, oh, this is what this energetic persona is expressed as because the span of the archetypes is vast. It is absolutely limitless. And interpreting people that are closer to us with those zodiac archetypes is so much more potent in my perspective. And I think for beginner astrologer um, devotees, it can be so uh, powerful to just be in taking the people that are closest to you so that you can really start getting curious in your own mind and saying like, well, maybe their Aquarian pieces don't look like this, 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 and this, but these right. are also Aquarian pieces, this, this, and this, and that's what I see in them. So it like opens their mind up too. Right. And how does it play out unique to the individual? Mm-hmm. One of the one of the major issues that people have challenges in reconciling with astrology is why is it that I don't relate to the descriptions that I see about, for example, Gemini or Virgo? Scorpio, whatever a person's sign is, why is it that I don't quite fit into that? Mm. And I've discovered, so I'm, I'm a former mathematician. And so my approach to astrology is very mathematical, but simultaneously very, very metaphysical and mystically inspired by my own spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. And my whole life, I've been studying the divine order of the cosmos, whether through mathematics, through physics. Gradually, as I was pondering astrology, I started to come to the revelation of why is it that I'm not an ordinary Sagittarius? That's my sun sign. Well, it's because Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter and my Jupiter is in a different zodiac sign. For me, it's in Pisces. So Standard astrology would say that the archetype that describes my spirit, my essence, which is my solar nature, is Sagittarian. But 
in my system of meta archetypes, as I call it, I'm a Sagittarian Pisces. And that's its own unique flavor of Sagittarius. And there's in this system, there's 12 different subtypes, 12 different types of expression of the Sagittarius, right? So as a Sagittarius, I'm all about authenticity. It's my number one core value. But because my ruling planet, Jupiter, is in Pisces, for me, being authentic means being true to universal life energy itself and what great spirit wants. Yeah. So it's not me being authentic according to my own narrow self-definition. It's through this uh, Piscean universal approach, right? So that's the meta archetype system. And I'll just say real quick before passing over the baton, we all have many different planets. We have our planets, right? So we have our sun, we have our moon, our rising sign, and then we have all the other planets, Mercury, Venus, Mars, etc. Every one of these planets, standard astrology would just say has its archetype. If Mercury is in Taurus, that's the Taurus archetype. But when you append on this meta-archetypal system, it brings the entire chart to life in a mm-hmm. way that has allowed in my own personal practice with people, such a fine-tuned, spirit-attuned way to get into the very essence of a person's life experience. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a big advocate for that because I always get triggered when (laughs) there are these memes, these astrology memes, and you like, Aquarius says this and Pisces says this and um, you know people get so over identified with their Mm -hmm. sign and additionally to what you're saying not only the ruler of the sign that your son is in for example but also the house position of your son exactly makes an influence and also any aspects that it has to other planets especially when you're conjunct to another planet it can bring in the archetype from that planet as well. So to yeah. even, and, and that was actually one of the things that made me doubt astrology when I was younger and judged the book by its cover, <laughs> um, thinking it's just for entertainment purposes, because I was thinking too, like, I know so many Leos, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not <laughs> that way. Um, you know, not realizing, wait, we have like a full on, like literally inner blueprint that's, you can look so deep, as deep as you want to go in. And plus seeing the timing Truly. of like when something is activated within your own chart and within your own life. It's such a magical tool to have. And I feel like it is really that tool, as you were saying, Erin, like now we can see that how many people are looking into astrology and are asking those deeper questions because of everything that Britt was saying of like where we are in this collective right now, because we're being so pushed and controlled to narrow mindedness and that very strong old system that we're now being like, okay, what, what is that really the meaning of life? Who am I on the deepest level? And so I want to quote something 
um, from this book that I've probably quoted a few times in the uh, um, podcast, but I never really talked about it. So it's called The Astrology for the Aquarian Age by Alexandra Mark. And she wrote this in her in the 70s. And that was actually the book that turned me to astrology. And so it's a very special book for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that so much of like, it's, it's, a, it's more like a basic, it, it talks about the different archetypes and how it's nature's clock. And, you know, just like, um, it's not too deep into like the practice of astrology. But what I love about it is that it's, she shows in the introduction why astrology is so important for the Aquarian age. And I want to quote something that she says, because I feel like it um, makes so much sense to where we're at right now. Considering the tremendous skepticism and the negative viewpoints of many scientists, you might ask, why has astrology endured so long? How has it happened that in spite of the scorn and ridicule, that have been heaped upon the subject, no one has yet completely succeeded in laying astrology to its final rest. Not only have the scholars tried, but so have kings and popes and emperors. Still, it remains stubbornly alive. The survival of astrology, generation after generation, century after century, is dependent on human acceptance and based upon human need. The fact is, a void exists in the lives of many people that needs to be filled. Despite the strides we have made that permit us to land humans on the moon or to transplant human hearts, modern technology does not provide us with answers or reassurance for the many difficult problems we endure during our short existence on earth. In a similar fashion, traditional organized religions have proved inadequate to cope with all the problems produced by our technological society. As life has grown more and more complex, pure science or pure faith have not provided the answers that we need. So we can assume that astrology has remained alive because it fills a void and because it brings a promise. The promise that somewhere, somehow, life is meaningful and worthwhile. beautiful yeah beautiful thank you so much for sharing that that's what it's all about astrology is a very practical system for Mm self-discovery and for those who really do deeply attune to what to the insights that it reveals it provides a sense of meaning, of hope, of connection to our purpose. But what's interesting is astrology is a system. It's the map. But (laughs) we as human beings, we are emanations of spirit, of pure awareness. And so the, to me, this mystic map can only reveal to the extent that I am able to see myself clearly. Mm-hmm. That's the trick is it can be used to help us see clearly into 
our soul in a way that could provide profound revelations about who we are, why we're here, what's most important to us, what inspires us, where we're heading, what our priorities can be if we choose to engage with them. But to me, astrology is a tool into realizing the truth of who we are. And along the way, it helps us to navigate the very complex, sacred rites of passage that we have in our own journey. Like, Brittany, what a profound sequence of rites of passage you have had in the last year. Right? That's real. That's to the heart of your experience, your human experience. You know, and astrology reveals depths into that activation at a, at a soul level, you know? So for me, astrology would be nothing if it were not for the human being's capacity for awareness, to be aware of self, to be aware of life. And, you know, just one other thing I would love to say is this idea about here we are in this Aquarian era, right? And I don't know if to me, I would call it the Aquarian age. That's a discussion in itself. But in this era in which we've just had six planets on the recent Aquarius new moon prior to this filming, Aquarius is a sign all about disidentification. As in disidentifying from the ego and coming to a, a, a collective attunement to self. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is to me, so much of the work that I do with people is I've noticed this collective problem that all of my clients have when they come to me. It's that existential search for self. Who am I? Why am I here? So it seems then that the issue that we all have as individuals is a process of individuation, of actually forming a healthy sense of self that is often missing from our conditioned upbringing in which we're not honored for the divine truth of who we are because, you know, it's just, generation through the next, we just go, go along with the rat race of things. So my point here is that astrology can be used for creating that healthy sense of individuation mm-hmm. by which we can know ourselves. And in my experience, that is the medicine that mm-hmm. we all crave is that is self-realization to realize ourselves which is at once actualizing ourself, but it's also consecrating ourself to a greater whole mm-hmm. and finding our own place within the divine natural order of creation. Mm-hmm. In that sense, astrology is a very profound, mystically inspired system that puts us in touch with universal life energy, with God, with Gaia, with great spirit, with mother nature and shows that all of life is meaningful 
And it's this language of spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I love how Alexandra Mark was saying that it's like between pure science and pure faith and astrology fills that void right between it because it is it is so scientific on one hand where right. it's literally you know getting your birthday and time and location and charting out the sky of how it looked like at that moment and when you start seeing you know we all know about seasons we all move through different seasons according to where the sun is located um, in regards to the earth and all of that is happening also with all the other planets we're moving for all kind of seasons all the time Mm -hmm. and when we start realizing that there's this big timing universal timing that is uh, moving on and that brings us different cycles and patterns and repetitions actually like history repeats itself why does that because (laughs) and cycles cycles overlaid upon cycles Mm -hmm. exactly such a rich and nuanced way Mm -hmm. yes exactly and we have actually a choice of how to evolve through that because we don't have to be stuck in the same reaction um, how we react to those cycles and to those energies but that's where our free will comes in of okay how do I move through this that comes where our faith comes in of mm-hmm. what is what is my deeper meaning that I take from all of this and that's where astrology connects science and spirituality and it's in my opinion one of the most potent tools that it helps with uh, self-knowledge there's a bunch of other beautiful systems as well but for me in my personal life, I know astrology is the key component to really get to know myself on a deeper level, get to know others on a deeper level in relationships with mm-hmm. them. Why am I feeling this way when I'm with a certain person? Because we're creating a whole chart together. We're creating new energy that is being unfolded. Just by us three being here together, we're creating our own chart right now that we could look right. at. There is there's a living energy even to our our trinity together, right? It's not just each of us three as individuals, and it's not just three pairs of two way relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Me with Hannah, Hannah with Brittany, Brittany with me, but then it's our collective. And so, actually, even in this three person interchange, if you think about it there's actually seven interactions happening at once. Mm-hmm. Each of us individually expression, expressing, all pairs expressing together, and then all of us three in unison. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh, I have to take the floor. I'm taking the floor. <laughs> okay. Take the floor. I love that this is transpiring the way that it is because I feel like such a kind of, I know all of us have our different, you know, associations with astrology. Both of you are very learned. I am such a um, devoted studier, but obviously I have like zero uh, desire to like go to school or be certified with this or anything like that. Cause I can't devote myself entirely in one I direction. I just want to say, but you are hard attuned. And to me, you could never touch astrology your entire life. And that is so precious. That's what I love about you. Wait, you what speak, do you mean? <laughs> you speak the language of the heart. I mean, 
you, mm-hmm. the way you share yourself so vulnerably through everything is so beautiful. We need more of that mm-hmm. in the world. Cancer so, rising. <laughs> rising. Yeah, cancer rising. That's literally oh, my superpower. Yeah. But that's what I wanted to come through with is that I am just as much like I I have hundreds and hundreds of hours of self-study within astrology, but what initially led me to have that fire and that passion for learning the system was my own identity crisis. Yes. I love that you were talking about, you know, everything that you were, because I was like, yeah, that's me. And I am so many of the listeners right now who are listening to this, just like, oh my God, they have so much wisdom about this thing that I don't know that much about. And that is what sparked mine and Hannah's friendship in 2016. 2017, numerologically, was a year seven for me. I got a DUI. I lost the job that I thought I was going to be able to retire from. Like, my whole world came crashing down. I was drinking way too much. And then in 2016, I met Hannah at a modeling job for a German magician and learned that (laughs) That doesn't happen every day. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't happen every day. And I remember going home because I had been crying earlier, like nightly in the arms of my now beloved husband and being like, no girls like me. All I want is girlfriends. All I want is some friends, you know, healing the sister wound and Right. Um, him being like, well, just open yourself up, just open yourself up to talk more. Boom. Go to the job, meet Hannah, talk about Bernie Sanders the whole time. Cause it was the 2016 election process. We talk about aliens, talk about angels, talk about psychedelics. And I go home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I met this lady and she teaches these courses. I think I'm going to sign up. It's in astrology one, two, and three. It's like 10 hours altogether. And I go to do that. And it sparked this passion of mine Mm -hmm. coming from the background of having an identity crisis and not knowing who I was in so many different realms of my life. And then in 2017, I had a astrology reading after a very, very potent mushroom medicine experience with my husband in our portal of a sunroom. And in, I was sitting in the sunroom as the woman is giving me my astrology reading and everything is dead on. And I don't know a ton, ton, ton at this point yet. So I'm like in taking all of this, like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And she goes, um, it looks like Saturn is coming at its most direct return point in January, 2019 and January, 2019 is going to change your life. And I was like, mm. oh my God, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> Obviously. I was, that was when you were 29. We're talking about your Saturn return. Yeah. So it was 2019. It was November, 2017, whenever I had the reading. So almost a year and a half prior to this. Got it. But the pinnacle of what happened in January, 2019 was that my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Boom. And the moment that I realized that the... um the bone marrow transplant was going to transpire and that it was so close to January, 2019. And knowing that my mom fell into the 51 percentile for her age group that would not make it past day 29. Cause that's what the statistic is. I was like, Oh my God, as soon as March of 2018 passed and I realized I wasn't pregnant, I was like, Oh my God, is this about my mom? Is my, Mm. is something going to happen with my mom? Is she going to heal or is she going to pass away? So all that year I had this whole catalog every day where I'm sitting in self-inquiry, like, oh my gosh, what if, 
what if my mom passing away is going to be this pinnacle moment of my Saturn return? And now two years after that, I absolutely know that that was a rite of passage and an initiation into the next phase and level and chapter of my life. And literally it was, right? When we have our first Saturn return, we go from that as women from maiden to mother, the second Saturn return takes us from mother to crone. And and from and that mother, oh, I like that. That's and great. that mother perspective, you know, it, it doesn't mean that we have to be the mother and, and, and actually bear physical children, yeah. but just like stepping into that archetype of the mother. Mm-hmm. And for and that's what you did. Like mm-hmm. literally, you took mm-hmm. on that role now in your family with your people. Mm-hmm. Um, what your mom was doing before, mm-hmm. and you really mm-hmm. stepped into that role because mm-hmm. she left this plane. And it's that she created that space for you to fully step into your mother archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something so precious about really challenging, but so precious when we lose our same gendered parent. It's definitely a profound rite of passage for the spirit because, Brittany, your mother was holding the mantle of femininity you know, mm-hmm. by which you modeled your entire life. Mm-hmm. And so when she left this plane of reality and went to another plane of reality, then here you are, you know, in the reality of, okay, well, I am, I am now to hold that mantle of femininity that my mom always held for me. And I'm to internally source that mm-hmm. and provide that for myself and, provide that for others and that that's kind of the let's call it the maternalization that you were just speaking to Hannah when I lost my father that's that was my analogous experience it was a profound shift into taking life seriously Mm -hmm. because no longer was my dad there energetically Mm -hmm. to take one for the team and to hold the pressure of the lineage it was now me Mm -hmm. not just me I have an older brother but still I could no longer have my father in this realm do that for me so there was a a definite urgency to to really grow up to mature Mm -hmm. you know this coming of age life is such a short blip of time and you know like there's so many fun things in life and uh and at the same time life is a a series of many real passages Mm -hmm. that require us to 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 be very real with to not act like they're not there but to to really traverse i feel like yes and even taking it deeper going back to what i was saying at the beginning of the podcast episode the intaking of the charts of the people that are around you and closest to you and seeing how those energies feed you and seeing what your dynamic is, what, how they could maybe be influencing your soul contracts and what you're here to play out together Mm -hmm. is so it can, it brings that sense of identity even closer to home because Mm -hmm. when I, for, I have the audio recording still the first time I looked at my mom's and my dad's birth charts and I am bawling Mm -hmm. my eyes out 
Googling at the same time as looking at their charts and just being, oh my God, how is this possible? It is exactly who I know them to be. My mom is Sagittarius Sun conjunct Mercury in the fourth house. And, and my by the moon, way, you're a Sag moon, correct? I, yes. That's what no, you were just about to say. <laughs> That's your planetary ruler is a Cancer rising and the symbol yeah. of mother. And so your own mom has her son shining a light on the symbol of mother in your chart. Not a coincidence. Yeah, the symbol of mother in my chart and the way that I saw that, the way that she like manifested her Sagittarian son was uh, was this fierce fire for the Lord and fierce passion for spirituality and bringing Mm. that spirituality into her home, making Mm. it like the basis of our family tradition, of our family foundation. Like we prayed together every evening before every meal. We read the Bible before going to sleep Mm. every night. Like having faith in our household was that it's the deepest part of who I am. And now Mm -hmm. sourcing that Sagittarius moon in order to feed my own emotional realm and like, let that be a piece of my communicative sun that projects itself outward has been one of the biggest, it's like the, it's like a fucking miracle Mm-hmm. When you understand yourself on such a deep level that you're like, wait, I feel like these are the epitome of my being. And that's the great mystery that all of us have with um, being curious, wide-eyed students as a lifelong practice that we're always able to intake and we're thirsting for additional information that can feed um our perceptions of what this world is about and what's even going on here on earth. Yeah. <laughs> and I right. love too that you are, a, a, you're born on a full moon. So yeah. you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're literally that challenge that you had with your mom in regards to faith, in regards to your own expression of your personal truth and spirituality. Uh, that is all part of the chart. So I feel like it's, and it also guided you to, you know, go into your Gemini of asking questions and doubting uh, mm-hmm. the faith of your home, your Sagittarius mm-hmm. moon, literally on the opposite side, like doubting and asking questions and moving towards more of that Aquarius house that your moon is, uh, your sun is in and, mm-hmm. you know, moving into self-knowledge systems and astrology and all that. So like your whole journey, it's like, it's mapped out and it's just so beautiful. And, um, the potentialities are mapped out. The, so, the energies, yeah. And then how they yeah. play out comes, you know, depends on our individual free will right. and what we and, do with it. And how, yeah, how we actually relate with those energies. So mm-hmm. that can kind of uh, uh, take some of the the pressure off for those who feel like this system might have them all figured out. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's no room, there's no freedom for self-expression. We're always free to be truly who we are. Mm-hmm. And we're in relationship with these universal life energies. And by mm-hmm. the way that we relate with these energies, yes. it goes its own way. So it's not just a fatalistic system. Mm-hmm. And the the balance, the dance between fate and free will mm-hmm. is divine destiny. Yeah. This is an art that helps to reveal our divine destiny. But 
I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take it away from you. I just got so excited. No, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I 100% agree. And that's that's one of my passions too, because I actually, a few of my clients have been wounded by fatalistic astrologers who told them yeah. this is going to happen. And this is how you have to play this part of your life out in exactly this way. Mm-hmm. Um And just realizing, I think as soon as we start talking about archetypes and realizing what is an archetype, what does it encompass the energy? And that's so different. You know, Sagittarius can be, um, you know, faith, like very faithful in finding meaning, but also an adventurer or an explorer or a travel guide, you know? So it's like so many different parts of how you can express that Sagittarius energy just by itself and it's still Sagittarius energy but it can look so different depending Mm -hmm. on whoever is part of it depending on their chart depending on their other plans their house systems their aspects everything Mm -hmm. Um, and depending on their free will you know so I think that's something where a lot of people can kind of get stuck in yeah. And thinking, okay, well, if it's a science, it has to be a certain way and I have to be able yeah. to predict it in a certain way. Yeah. And astrology is not going to be able to do that because it's, yes, it's a science in a sense of, yes, these are the energies that are coming at us or around us or within us, but how we react to them is still our free will. And what how we mm-hmm. co-create with these energies depends on us. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh, right. can I can I interject? So, okay, yeah. this is a tidbit for anyone in the audience. And I don't know if either of you watch His Dark Materials. Mm-mm. No, I haven't. It is, oh my gosh, it is such a good, deep, mystical, um, like multidimensional show. I think it's on... I forget what it's on right now, but, um, in this, I forget the girl's name too, but she has this tool that's called the alethiometer and there's only two of them in existence. And the alethiometer is made up of these, um, archetypes and they're little simple images. And at the beginning of the show, she has to figure out how to even use the alethiometer. And she realizes that she's able to activate it when she reaches a meditative state of having nothing in her mind space. And then she's able to ask the alethiometer a question. And she's this anomaly because uh, usually you have to be this acclaimed scholar in order to have access to the alethiometer. And you have to, it's a lifelong study to even get to know how to understand what it the information it's giving you, but Mm -hmm. she's an anomaly in that she's like 12 years old and she gains access to communicate with it. And she's able to instantly understand what the alethiometer is trying to tell her whenever it changes to like ching, 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 the different archetypes and looking at watching the show, having the understanding that I have of astrology and seeing the archetypes it would land on combined with the answer that she said it was giving to her. I was like, I fucking read that too. I see it too. And Curtis, like Curtis is just like, wait, what? How can you figure this, this, and this guidance from these little <laughs> pictures? And I'm like, guess fucking astrology and self-knowledge. Just, you know, I've been I've been working just a couple days ago in meditation. I received this um title, I guess, for like who it is is that I am. I hired an online business coach, Hannah's actually, who was featured here, Fabi Paolini uh, last season. And I hired her as my business coach. So we've really been unfolding what this thing is that I'm building and who I am and how I'm here to serve people. And this title of energetic cartographer came up 
mm-hmm. in my meditation recently. And for me, this stems back to the very beginning of my childhood when people started asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I would say, a map maker. I want to be a map maker. Mm. That was mm. always like for all of my young childhood, I was like, because oh, I would picture. That was a dream in, for you. Yeah. I would picture being in a plane and I could look down at the land and I could see everything that's going on and I could draw it and I could make it and give it to people. And now I'm 30, I'll be 32 this year. And I am a cartographer of my being. I am like through the chakra system, human design and astrology and blending all of those to come to know myself more fully. It's like, now I feel like I know that I'm here to help people tap into their inner cartographer because we're able Mm. to map ourselves. And when we can open up to the wisdom that the limitless archetypes have to give us, we're able to just gain access to how it fits into our unique expression. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's so Sagittarius energy right there too. You know, <laughs> all of us have Sagittarius. My midheaven is, is in Sagittarius, and um, it's just really, it's just so interesting because it's like finding the deeper meaning of mm-hmm. the of the map, right? Of the symbols, reading the the language of life, as you were saying, Aaron. Because that's mm-hmm. really what it is. That's what astrology is. And and that's how the divine is talking to us too. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yes, we can pray, we can meditate, but then we also need to be able to interpret what these messages even mean. And how have you ever heard the quote from Dane Rudyard around astrology being a language? It's no, a go ahead. Quote. Astrology is a language when you learn this language the universe speaks to you yes you know and so even sticking with that sagittarian theme and for Brittany, with your moon and sag the soul medicine that you carry your natural gifts comprise of your sense your very subtle sensitivity to life being a journey that life is this quest to know oneself and yet the the gemini opposite that you're gemini sun yeah yeah because we said you're born on on the full moon right you're gemini sun gemini mercury venus and jupiter all in gemini in the 11th house gotcha yeah and so for you it's it's just something you've brought from past lives, this understanding that life's a journey, this kind of priestess knowing within you, but your Gemini reason for being is to shine light on how that journey can actually be articulated, how you can give a voice to it, how you can communicate about your own journey in a way that's intelligible. And, uh, that, that allows you to connect human to human with others on their journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's so beautiful to not only get to know oneself on a deeper level and to realize those pieces of ourselves and our, of our own being, but also for me as a mother to see my daughter's chart and see how it plays out for her. And she is... Um, you have one daughter already? Yes. Oh, okay. So she's one, uh, she's a Taurus sun and then uh, Aquarius moon. 
and I'm Aquarius rising and my husband is Taurus rising. So I know that she's taking that Taurus sun, like literally the sun that stands for father. Uh, she's taking that energy. She's receiving that from her father, from her dad. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the Aquarius moon, which is also conjunct her self node. And we've been in many past lives together she's receiving from me, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful to see that and to, um, to also know how I'm affecting her chart and how she's affecting my chart. And it's just such a helpful tool for any relationship also with my partner, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, how helpful has it been <laughs> you Britain, you know, how just helpful has it been to know, <laughs> wait, why are we triggering each other this way? Or like, why is this coming up? Or how are they processing information differently? Or what makes them different? And I know for my clients, when they come in and they have relationship problems, and then they start realizing, oh, wait, this is how our charts aligned together and this is how all this energy is influencing each other okay well that makes sense because my mars is triggering his moon so he feels this is why this anger comes up that he feels not safe to express himself vulnerably when i let out the mars too much right it can hurt the moon so being aware it feel threatening little, it can feel threatening and then the mar and then the moon closes up and then the emotional the emotions don't are not being shown openly right because it feels dangerous to to actually be vulnerable yes yeah, yes actually. and then and then realizing that and be like okay how can i work with that and how can whatever planets are are good with the moon i like to see them as little people too you know as little spirits that i talk to and <laughs> who is it who works well with each other and how can i create that relationship through another planet maybe it's not mars that is right there because you know he can become off very strong but maybe there's a venus sextile to mars uh, to moon that helps like creating that sacred space to create that relationship and so yeah i just it's just such a powerful practice and it can be so magical when we see it as as little spirits too, like my Mercury in Virgo. And whenever she comes in and tells me these like little details and little information, and sometimes it can be super critical while I'm talking. I'm like, okay, Mercury, love you, but let's just like take a step back and you can analyze everything afterwards and let me just be fully in my moon and I'm connecting with my moon, bringing that into the conversation. You know, and it's just so much fun when we just allow ourselves to play with those sub-personalities that we all have within us. Right. And to be in communication with them, with all these different parts of self, like to be able to have an internal dialogue to know what's interacting with what within us. That can definitely be very helpful. One thing I want to speak to is I don't remember uh, which one of you said earlier I think it was you Hannah about you know life it's this miraculous tool you described it as and truly to me the way I've always viewed astrology like in my exploration of the universe through math through physics and then I started to tune into spirituality to yoga to shamanism, to Tantra along the way. And 
for me, the journey has always been about understanding the universe. And when I started to tune to sacred intimacy, it's about understanding the universe within another, mm-hmm. right? And I started, when I actually had that realization, just beyond concept, we've all heard things like every person is a universe unto themselves. It's not even original anymore, but it's true. It's that when we really slow down our perception and allow ourselves to actually be from a still and quiet place with the universe of another in the totality the fullness, the wholeness, the oneness of our spirit, and to be with another in that place too. This is the essence of intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. And so astrology beyond just this heady tool, which we could geek out, we, we all love that about it, but it's also so, so connected with the dimension of intimacy itself because it first relies on the premise that Hannah is a universe unto herself, Brittany, a universe unto herself, I am. And then can we be with each other with this spacious awareness and allow ourselves to behold the miracle of that universe Mm -hmm. of another and to realize each of us is a miracle and None of us will ever happen again in exactly this way with this divine design, with this blueprint. How special it is that each of us has been born. We are emanations and encapsulations of universal life energy in one moment of time that one day will be forgotten. So why is it that we move through our life forgetting how precious each person is, you know, like that's the real capacity for astrology is to create this in hardened understanding, but from a very deep soulful place about what makes Hannah tick, what makes Brittany tick, because then I can actually love you better mm-hmm. soul to soul. Yeah. Right. And care for you even more respect you even more and forgive. Mm-hmm. So we have to realize that we don't have to, of course, it, you know, the choice is, is there for anyone who wishes, <laughs> but there's an opportunity in attuning to the sacred dimension of intimacy afforded by astrology that this can allow us to love, care for, respect others even more in the miracle of who they are, instead of taking people for granted, you know, how spectacular that you can, Brittany, that you can meditate on this mystical map of the cosmos in order to guide your awareness back to memories that you've had with your mom and synthesize them, not only analyze, but synthesize, wait, why did that happen that time when, you know, mom was uh, singing out the window while we were driving, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the situation point is, you can attune to, to how, how deeply meaningful it was. Mm -hmm. It's like your mom 
lives on, you know, and every time you tune into her chart, you can truly cherish her. Yeah. And understanding and transmuting my deepest wounds, right? It's like all of us have a Chiron inside of our charts and having my Chiron conjunct Mars in the 12th house, the moment in cancer, the moment I saw that I was like, oh my God, my sensitivities and experiencing the fact that I only ever wanted to have like good, comfy closeness with people and good, comfy friendship. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't get to have that in my younger years and that it was slammed in my face time and time and time and time again, being so severely bullied, like opened up a whole new package of, did this happen for a reason for me? Did it happen so that I could transmute it and actually let it become a gift and let myself relate to other people on that really painful level? Because I know what it felt like not to have anybody Mm. and not to to feel like I was alone in the world. And now I just want to be there for other people. But coming to understand that those pains possibly happened for a reason so I could grow out of them puts a different, puts an entirely different perspective on Mm -hmm. life. And we can fully come out of that shadow side cancer energy of loving to be the victim and seeing it with a different sense of like ability for where that could steer us, like in terms of empowering ourselves instead of always being the victim. Right. And so instead of falling into the shadow expression of that cancer energy, it can draw out and invoke within you the, the cancer healer, mm-hmm. the, um, your deeper sensitivity and mm-hmm. attunement to the subtleties of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, because that, yeah. you've yeah. always been a healer. Like that's your role as a cancer rising. Mm-hmm. What I love doing with people too is to write down the light, like to give them names, each of our planets and write down the light expression and then the shadow expression of them. And she mm. just um, gives, creates space for the shadow to come out as well. Because if we're, and we've been talking about this a lot on Sacred Sister podcast, because if we <laughs> get too focused on just having to be the light on everything and just like not being able to mm. fully tune into those shadows within ourselves, that's when the shadows actually grow way more powerful, right? right? And then they come up and slap us on the face kind of thing. Um, But when we like realize, oh, wait, this is one of my shadows. Okay, cool. So what can I, how can I create like a a sacred container for it where it can come out, where I can just, you know, wedge out for a while. Just like knowing to be able to just give those shadows space is um is so nice because then it actually helps us to tune deeper into the light and allow that to shine brighter right. you know and and it helps right. us to forgive ourselves too and forgive others for their stuff because we're like oh that's their shadow oh that's their sh- that's their the shadow of their moon that's why they're like that they need to obviously their moon is not happy we can feel into that and allow that to be coming out and we don't take things personal I just know that for myself like I'm not taking um, whatever other people are doing anymore as personal as I've used to because I understand okay oh okay this is what's moving through them right now energetically this sounds like your Aquarius to. rising wisdom <laughs> exactly not taking it personally Yes, and my Leo son would take it personally. <laughs> right, right. I want to speak into one one piece of what you were just sharing, Hannah. 
you know, so at first we were talking about the light side, the virtues of the different, the different signs, right? Archetypes, and then expressing the shadow. And beyond that, the recognition that we all have our own subjectivity. So mm -hmm. because I am my own miraculous universe and Brittany is her own miraculous universe, who am I to ever suppose that I would look upon life just as Brittany does? It makes connection so much richer because now when I'm interacting with Brittany, it is with wonder, with awe, with reverie, with just holding so, so much bliss and joy to get to experience the universe expressing itself through you, Brittany. Mm -hmm. as you, right? And just how beautiful it is to just sink into, this is Brittany. Mm -hmm. This is Brittany in her essence. This is Hannah in her divine essence. And the divine encapsulated, it encapsulates it all. Virtues and vice, our divinity, our primality, our humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so... This is the sacredness of this tool. Life is not perfect. Life can be messy, but hmm, this is Aaron. This is Aaron in his expression. Yeah. This is Brittany, right? It allows us to truly hold sacred each and every spirit because yeah. beyond our body, we're each spirits. That's exactly. who we are. You're a spirit. Not, Everything else is an idea. We are spirits. Yeah. The chart simply gives voice and vision to the expression of the spirit that flows and emanates out from each individual. Absolutely. And I do, I, obviously we could be here all day. This of is course. absolutely amazing. I do want to honor Hannah's time. And we know that she has to leave here now in about six minutes. So for all the listeners that want to connect more deeply with you, how are they doing that? And what is it that you are offering to the collective at this time? So if anybody would like to tune into my work, you can visit my website, theskymystic.com, all correctly spelled T-H-E-S-K-Y-M-Y-S-T-I-C.com. And what I'm going to go ahead and offer to every one of your listeners is $50 off a SAGE support session. So S-A-G-E, Spiritual Astrological Guidance and Empowerment. So I offer readings and one-to-one -one mentoring. So the essence of the work, help you realize the truth of who you are mm -hmm. and simultaneously navigate the sacred rites of passage that you're navigating. And by the time this airs, I might need a reminder, but I'll have a, a special price when a person goes and if they feel called to book so they can get a reading for, it would be 149. Beautiful. Yes. We're going to have all this information written out in the description as well, the website and the offering. And, oh, we have our sacred question. Sacred question. Sacred wow. Question. I didn't know about this. This is exciting. I yes. can't wait. What is this? So every guest, we ask these three sacred questions at the end of each interview. And you can, you know, just whatever wants to come out and they can be shorter format too. Okay, cool. You want to start, Britt? Okay. <laughs> so what does sacred mean to you? 
sacred means an attunement to the divine that flows through our human experience in each and every moment. Beautiful. Who is a sacred sister or brother to you? And what does it mean to have one? Sacred sister or brother is one who is consciously on the path of owning who they are, becoming aware of themselves, how they move through life and doing the work to become responsible for what they bring forth in this world as a spirit. So they are someone who's also on that journey of, of love, care, and respect, honoring life. So lovely. And how do you turn something normal and mundane into something magical and sacred? Hmm. I'm going to take five seconds to tune into that. How do I turn something normal and mundane into something sacred? By recognizing the preciousness that this moment, this experience, exactly as it's unfolding, will never happen again. Like, there, the way that, I'll just say this super quick, my one of my favorite shows back in the day was Six Feet Under. And towards the end of the show, there's a moment where as the show is wrapping up, you know, from so many episodes, she's going to take a photograph of her whole family and one of her deceased relatives approaches and says, you can't take a picture of this. It's already gone. Mm -hmm. So in recognizing the impermanence of life, we awaken to the specialness of this moment and we can engage with it fully with our spirit and enjoy. So beautiful. Love wow. your Pisces Sag son. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right? Wow. And I got those Sagittarius vibes. I think I even told Hannah whenever I was connecting with you, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's Sag son. Cause I hadn't really met people with very prominent Sagittarius energy, except for my mom. And she has such a story. So coming upon more and more Sagittarius energy and feeling into what I feel like I see it as, which is like this big, deep rich depth that is like forging with like this burning coal hot ember sort of flavor and like passion and yeah I feel it I love that <laughs> I love that thank you I really appreciate that absolutely wow that we didn't even touch any of the questions <laughs> this it's is the all first good. time <laughs> yeah this this was the flow the universe brought everything it was perfect. I'm Perfectly happy we got to touch on the non-fatalistic approach too. Cause I know that Hannah, that's why I wrote it down. Cause I love that I saw it on your site. Cause I know Hannah is so passionate about speaking about that. Cause it's important. So we want to thank everyone that's here now at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please go and check out Aru and connect with him on a deeper level in the ways that feel resonant to you. And 
tune into our Patreon. Hannah and I are going to be having a little commentary, extra video content of our own personal insights and stories and experiences that directly relate to this episode. So go on and head over to Sacred Sister Podcast on Patreon, support us there, and we will see you two Wednesdays from now with a brand new episode. I can't wait. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Really, really a pleasure to be here with with you all. Mm, thank you. you thank you so much have a beautiful rest of your day you too all right you, you both as well <laughs> Bye. Hush, hush.